Well, hello once again and welcome to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat. And today I have a guest and my guest is Cameron from Byron Bullion. G'day Cameron, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good Mr. Tim, how are you? I'm always well and uh, so you're a young guy in the industry and yep. now the audience knows who I am, I hope they know who I am. <laughs> You'd hope so. Uh, but... Um, uh, but they don't know who you are, so I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to get into gold and silver specifically. Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't really choose to get into gold and silver. Um, kind of just fell into my lap, and I mean, who couldn't love it, right? Um, but yeah, so I. During COVID, I feel like this is kind of the story for a lot of people, but I started to wake up a little bit um, and I kind of realized the world around me isn't what I thought it was. And me being me, I started to do deep dives into a bunch of different topics and one of those was money. Um, And I started to slowly and slowly figure out that money isn't what I thought it was and what I've been taught it was. Um, which is, funnily enough, the topic of one of your books. <laughs> Bit of a plug there. Um, Thanks, <laughs> But um, yeah, and as you do, when you start to talk about money and what is money and, and you go down the route of figuring out that it's fake and manipulated, you kind of end up on the doorstep of gold and silver. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. And um, the more you learn about it, the more you love it and the more you realize how good it is. And yeah. Yeah, it's really unusual uh, to find people uh, from the younger kind of generation in gold and silver. It's not something we see a lot in the industry. Um, Are any of your friends into precious metals? Uh, Somewhat, somewhat. Like um, my best mate, he's bought a little bit, um, but it really, really is a niche um, group of people who do choose to purchase gold and silver. Um, Not many young people. Um, I still feel like we're as a you know whole on a bit of a journey going through life and figuring out that this is fake and then this is fake and i feel like money is almost one of the last ones because it's probably a really big one that's hidden very well um and it's hard to break free of that reality that is the fiat system um but yeah looks i mean i have conversations with a lot of my peers and some of them are kind of clued on with what's going on some of them aren't but yeah a bit of a mixed bag so, um, the average man in the street, how much does he know about money, do you think? What's, what's your feel? Oh, it depends on what your definition is. <laughs> well, what's, what's your definition? What, have you, what can you share with the audience? What have, you, what have you come to learn about what is money, but more specifically, what isn't money? Mm, mm. Well, my, in my view, money is something that is tangible, number one. That's probably the biggest one. Um, but is also something that actually has value outside of what we just perceive it as in a general population and something that holds value over long periods of time. Um, and something that's not money is, is kind of everything we've been taught it to be. So that's a bit of an ironic thing, but yeah. Yeah, what do you think happens though to people... You know, they they grow up using pieces of paper and, you know, they go and buy big assets like real estate with pieces of paper. You know, in the end, you know, do they have any wealth is the, is, you know, that's one of the big questions. Uh, do you know, do you, do you feel like wealth is, is something that people, you know, that they strive for, but they can never really have it because they're, they're not holding a, they're not holding a money. They're holding fiat, which is obviously by decree. So I guess my question is, you know, is is wealth really possible if you don't have precious metals and you don't have something of value? I mean, 
Well, it really, really, really comes down to what your definition of wealth is. Um, because someone could be as happy as can be with family and friends and they've never even heard of gold and silver apart from, you know, what's in their rings and on their jewellery. Um, so, yeah, look, it really depends. I think if you don't have gold and silver, you're definitely at more risk of being manipulated and thrown in, you know, the pit with everyone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, my definition of wealth probably isn't what the standard def- definition of wealth is, you know, for the average person. Um, and to be completely honest, I don't really think gold and silver plays into my personal definition of wealth either. Um, you know, because you can you can have a bunch of gold and silver, you can have a bunch of fiat money, um, but you still may not be wealthy because you're not happy, you don't have loved ones around you. Um, but, you know, I still do think that gold and silver is far, you know, better than having fiat currency because at the end of the day, you can hold a million bucks in fiat, but all you've got is debt. Um, if you hold gold and silver, at least you've got something that's real. So I don't say that, you know, I don't necessarily feel wealthy if I've got a bunch of gold and silver um, to downplay the importance of gold and silver. But I think a lot of people kind of, even in the gold and silver space, focus too much on the on the assets they've got and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, less focusing on the community and what can we do for the people around us and, yeah. Yeah, you're obviously a very community-focused uh, guy, you know, very spiritual. Um, precious metals are almost like a spiritual journey, aren't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think um, I think it's really interesting because a lot of people come into the precious metal space, um, even if you're just purchasing and, and view it as something that is so important, um, and it is, but just because it's it's monetarily valuable. But it's not just that. You know, these, these elements and these properties have have so many uh, just memories attached to them all and it's been through all of our ancestors' lives and we've used it and we've loved it and we've traded it and it's, you know, caused so much harm and so much good and, you know, I I think that there's so much more to it than just, oh, cool, I've got a bunch of gold and silver and I'm, you know, better off than the other person Um, and if you really respect the fact that gold and silver is probably the most real asset you could ever own, um, then you will really get something good out of it. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's you're right. It's a holistic journey, isn't it? I mm. mean, once wealth, as you said, you know, said something earlier about wealth is really the last thing that people kind of really look at. I mean, you've got your health, you've got your mm. family, you've got your friends, mm. your loved ones. You know, wealth must play into this at some stage because without yeah. some sort of monetary wealth you know, that could affect your health, that could affect your family yep. or friends. Do you, do you believe that? Yeah, of course. And that's why, that's why I think like, you know, I don't necessarily view my definition of wealth as something where I've got a bunch of something, you know, gold and silver, fiat, whatever it is, but without anything, you won't have wealth at all. So, you know, and that's why I think the transition from a fiat-based life to something of commodities is so important because at the end of the day, all fiats go to zero and you will be left with nothing. And I, I know that's quite a start, you know, stark fact, but, you know, it's the truth. And if you kind of just go, hey, do I want to be left with nothing or do I want to have something? You just choose to have something and you invest in something that's real and has been real for thousands of years so yeah yeah, yeah. and it it really uh it really is a pleasure to sort of talk to somebody from the younger generation by the way we're talking to cameron from byron bullion and he is one of the young uh people in the industry that's making making waves so to speak literally down at uh, byron <laughs> making waves so a lot of people can 
uh, may or may not realise that there's more asset classes than just real estate. The, the thing about the common man is that he's educated to believe that real estate is the only thing that, that, that fiat currency is really useful to buy as far as assets go. Now, um, can you sort of talk to that a little bit? You know, are there other asset classes? You know, what, 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 you know, is there a better way we can do this? Is there a better way we can think about assets? You know, what, what do you sort of see? Mm. Um, yeah, look, I think it's very important to acknowledge the fact that number one, real estate, there's a lot of people in real estate who have done very well and actually are wealthy from that. Um, but at the same time, I think real estate has been turned into kind of one of the biggest weapons that the um, system has against the common man because it's been weaponized into enslaving you. You know, most people don't even pay off their house, let alone till, you know, they're 60. So it's like, do we really want to be putting our um, wealth that we're creating through our work into something that we're never going to see paid completely off until, you know, we're in retirement? So I think that's a really good um, question to kind of start it off with. But the other thing is, Yes, absolutely. There is other assets and, and other assets, depending on your situation, that can service you a lot better. And I think that's the question to ask yourself is, is your property going to service your life in a way that's going to benefit your wealth? Because again, wealth isn't just something where I've got a million bucks in the bank. It's are you happy? Are you are you with your loved ones? Are you living a life that you actually want to live? Um, and I think that's where a lot of us fall into the trap of real estate because we're told that it is the end all and be all of investments and it's the best thing ever and that we need to buy a house as soon as we can, blah, blah, blah. But I think looking at our current position and assessing everything that's going on in the market and out of the market in terms of what your options are is probably a better play. Um, yeah, and look, I think for a lot of people, uh, maybe some people, you know, actually owning your home fully outright, you know, is a good thing for you. You know, maybe you don't want to have to stress about, you know, if I get kicked out for renting or blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, you might choose to invest your money there and maybe a little bit into gold and silver. Um, and then for others, it might be looking at it and going, hey, I would much rather rent and I would much rather put my wealth into gold and silver. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's a great point. Uh, you know, a lot of people say and on my channel as well, you know, guy in the hat, you tell us to get out of real estate, but what are we meant to do? It's not about real estate. That's the bit that I continually say to people. I agree with you on that. It's about what you mm. do with your capital investments and mm. where you store your wealth. I guess the question is, why do people buy real estate? Is it because they feel that's the only asset class or are people... Do people really believe they're going to get wealthy buying real estate? I mean, that's a great yeah, question. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the game of real estate, you can do very well in real estate. You know, I mean, even if you just have a quick Google search, there's countless examples of it. But you really need to play that game. And unless you're playing that game properly, it's very, very, very easy to get trapped in it. Um, so I think, you know, looking at it from a perspective of, you know, maybe real estate isn't the end all and be all of investments. Let's look at this properly and go, hey, given my current circumstances, if I choose to buy a property, is this actually going to benefit me long term? And then I, am I going to be in the pos best position I could be? Um, I think that's a really good way to approach instead of kind of being, you know, trapped by the by the real estate light and going, oh, wow, this is so amazing, you know? Yeah, the middle class is definitely bamboozled by big numbers and um, this, you know, you even have people in the middle class who are trying to impress their friends 
you know, by by doing these these you know making these big asset purchases. But you know, so much is to be said for quality of life. Mm. Like mm. Uh, you know, where where did we forget about that? I mean, what about quality of life? There are people out there, and you've probably heard these stories too. But paying off real estate, they have no funds at all. The Reserve Bank's gone crazy, moving interest yeah. rates. And uh, what we've got is a situation where they can't service their mortgage because the Reserve Bank of Australia is going to push the interest rates just a little higher next month. Mm. Um, they borrowed the money from a fractional lending system known as, uh, well, the commercial banks running 10% fractional lending systems. And, mm. the, you know, the question is, yes, you, you've, you've got an asset, but is it an asset? I mean, an asset is something that makes you money and a liability is something that costs you money. And as the last time I looked, some of these mortgage properties and leveraged properties are costing a lot of money. People don't have necessarily the quality of life. Um, yeah. So I guess my question here is, uh, or, or, you know, what, what is your perspective on how to create a better quality of life? I mean, mm. is there a better way to do this? Mm. Yeah, look, in my opinion, uh, what I see the value in property is having a place where you can call a home and really being proud of that place and making that place a really amazing place (laughs) i'm saying place a lot but it's true you know from my perspective i want a home where i can go i actually love this place and i'm not worried about do i have to you know find a new one in another 12 months or two years or whatever and i can make it my own place um but i don't necessarily want to see all of my wealth go into that one thing um and you know a, a lot of my family are in property and they've done very well from it but i don't necessarily see that that's the only way to do well in life um, and to, you know, make a lot of money, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, and I think you can you can really do well outside of it and don't put all your eggs in something that is so heavily manipulated. And um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, wealth is far, far beyond just owning a piece of real estate. That's for sure. And mm. um, you've got to know what you're doing. You know, Investment strategies pretty much uh, buy on the uh, buy on the dip, sell on the curve. The problem with real estate for a lot of people, and I know we're beating up real estate in in, <laughs> in this particular podcast, but um, the problem is, of course, people buy on the curve instead of the dip, and not many investors buy the curve. In fact, an investment strategy is to buy the dip. Another investment strategy is to assess all risk and to diversify. Mm. And the question is, can you diversify if you've poured all your funds into real estate? Is mm. it possible? Are you going to have anything left to diversify? And if you did have funds left, what would you diversify into? Like, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, what else can I do other than real estate? Like if somebody comes mm. into Bar and Bullion and says, what else can I do other than real estate? What would you say? Uh, well, there's a lot of stuff you can do other real estate. And it's, again, it's looking at do you want to be in the system or out of the system? Because it's very easy to die, diversify in quotation marks in the system. All you got to do is call up a broker and go, hey, like what's the best thing to do, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, really diversifying means that you're, like Tim said, assessing risk on all planes um, and looking at if worst case scenario happens, um, am I going to be okay? And I think gold and silver, I mean, even if you look at the the billionaires and the multi, multi, multi millionaires, it's very, very normal for them to have a 15 to 20%, even times more in gold and silver. Like that's a very normal thing and they do that because it's an insurance fund. Um, so, you know, if you're wanting to diversify, um, I think gold and silver is definitely a must. It is for the people who take this the most seriously. Um, and for people who are 
who are worried about, you know, the system going down or things not going well for the next, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, um, gold and silver is the asset that you want to be in if that's what you're looking at. Yeah, I totally agree. It's Gold does incredibly well uh, year on year. Uh, it's a sort of a almost like a 10% guaranteed return year on year. If we have a look at the uh, the value of gold against the US dollar back in 1913, um, one of them's gone to nearly $2,000 an ounce, US mm. an ounce, and the US dollar comparatively has gone to about two cents in value. So yes, it's an interesting point that uh, gold is incredibly good for holding value over very long periods of time. And yeah. again, this point on value, you know, do you feel like the middle class understands value? No. Yeah. No, not at all. No. Yeah, because I mean, when you look at the middle class, they stay in system, which is basically the the share market and real estate for one of a better word, stock shares, equities, bonds mm. and so on and real estate. So, they don't have this understanding of value. So, it begs the question that you know, the middle class works its entire life uh for these assets. Uh, and at the end of it, do they have any wealth? That's the question. What 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 do you feel about like about that? Yeah, and I think that's a really really good question because at that point in your life, you know, when you're coming to the end of it and you're going, what is my definition of wealth now? You know, I've lived my, I don't have much time left really. So I I've never done that before because I'm young. <laughs> but I'd probably say you'd be thinking about your kids and your grandkids, right? And that definition of wealth would probably shift to what can I leave after? And if you've gotten to the end of this and you've literally been just like the system has taken everything from you, you know, you're not going to be able to pass anything on. Therefore, you can't really fulfill your definition of wealth. Um, and that's where, you know, looking back, if you would even put 10, 15% of your portfolio into gold and silver, you'd have something. Um, and that's why I think, again, the, the people who are the smartest at this and know the real game about how the system really works, they know to invest at least 10, 15, 20% in gold and silver you know, and I'd personally be doing a hell of a lot more than that because I believe more in the trueness of gold and silver. Um, but yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, and become your own central bank. That's yeah. uh, another one I love. Uh, that's a great saying. You know, rather than just hand your cash mindlessly over to a commercial bank, which may or may not have your best interests at heart, um, become your own central bank. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, Cam, who, um, you know, you tell them about precious metals and then they give you all the reasons why it's too hard. Yeah. You know, I've got to go to the bullion dealer and I've got to buy it and then I've got to store it and then, you know, what if the baddies break in and take no, it no. all? Yet these people are the very people that will hand their uh, fiat currency over to a commercial bank and go, here, you look after it. It's mm. You know, what do you feel what do you feel like saying to people when they say to you it's all too hard, gold and silver's too hard? Come on. I mean, seriously, you're t expecting me to come and buy these heavy metals and what what do you feel about that? Like yeah. how, what what do you say to people that think like that? Well, look, I think um like you said before, it's it's about assessing your risk um and going, "Hey, what's what's more risky?" Um and the uh, the the system has a very, very good track record of being bad. Um, and when you look at the history, like you do a lot of, and you talk about the history of uh, the system, you, you see that time and time again, the middle class is absolutely 
decimated, you know, from all these uh, bank closures to the the coinage acts of taking people's silver away. They can't trade. All their wealth is now useless. Then you got confiscation of gold. We were just thrown into the gold system and then you debased, you know, the um, dollar. All these times um, where the system has just decimated everyone and now it's it's saying you know to someone who is really invested in gold and silver oh but that's too difficult but it's like well would you rather sit in a system where you know that they're gonna rob you again because they do it every time or would you rather diversify into something where you hold it you own it it's yours and nobody can really take that away from you if you're smart about it so yeah and i mean your generation uh, is is like my generation the only difference is my generation fell for the five card trick and went and bought real estate largely most of the friends i have thought that their wealth could be stored in commercial banks and uh, their wealth would be coming, come from owning real estate. Turns out they were wrong. Turns out their, their parents were wrong. And as you said earlier, you can make money from real estate. That mm. is possible. Yeah. Currency, I'd prefer to call it. But it is possible. You can make currency from anything. You could sell pineapples and make currency. <laughs> that, I, I guess w- what we're about, though, is, as precious metals people, is that um, wealth, storing wealth, uh, has to be done in, in, in uh, commodities that are out of the system. It's not possible to store your wealth within a fiat remunerated asset because they are, fiat currency is largely the problem. So your generation, I mean, you've been through the education system. <laughs> Do they understand, like when you went to school, I mean, think about all the people you've met in your your in your generation, do do they know about gold and silver? Do they, do no. they know about wealth? No, no. They, they, they're more the schooling system's more worried about giving you a detention for wearing the wrong socks. Um, I you don't want to know my opinion. I can't really say my opinion of the schooling system on this podcast. Um, but look, and that's the thing because a lot of the teachers I actually really loved, and you know, in their heart, they've ha- they have the best intentions, but they're not given the tools to to teach kids what's real on purpose. Like there's, there is no mistake about that. The, the whole schooling system is set up to make you a zombie, a mindless zombie who does what they're told. You take a test and then you throw the test out after you do it just because you were told, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's ridiculous. So, I, I, and that's, that's where it ties into the other question. Like at, at what point, you know, when you're looking at someone who's like, oh, stuff gold and silver, let's invest in property. You can't be mad at them. You, you really can't be mad at them. I mean, you can't like be upset at them because they've or their whole life, they've looked at people who had the best intentions for them, trusted them, and then been taught the wrong thing. And it's not because the person who taught them directly had bad intentions, but it's because this whole system is fake and it's designed to enslave us. Um, how, how difficult is it to change someone's mindset? Well, after they've been through the education system and learnt, you know, through this basic indoctrination process, how difficult is it do you find to just try to change people's point of view once they've been through that brainwashing? Depends depends on the person. It really does. Um, and that's why like a lot of people, um, even in general society, they, they look at you when you want to make a change, oh, it needs to be done through government, it needs to be done through this. But no, change comes from the the little people it comes from grassroots you know and it comes from a lot of people doing a good thing uh, or a bad thing whatever that is so you have to sit down with someone and if you care about them you'll you'll talk to them in a way that's that's 
loving and caring and because that's where we connect as humans that's where we can really listen to each other when you sit down and you show that you love that person and that you're actually wanting to make a change and then they'll listen to you and then you can talk about those topics that you know maybe beforehand they weren't even open to hearing about and that's where you can possibly make a change so yeah I think focusing on you know caring about one another and if you do feel like you've got something that could be a benefit to them um, you know sit down and, and try and be loving and caring and you know connect with them and then share it and you know at the end of the day you can lead a horse to water but you can't make a drink so yeah so mindset is such an important part of this journey uh don't you agree oh it's it's the thing that makes everything yeah mindset really is where it all begins and um you know i'm hoping again you're leading the charge in this young generation if you like because really in in australia you'd probably be one of the youngest guys in the industry and you're you know, it's to, to have that uh, connection to the younger generation. I was going to ask you, you know, do you see it as an advantage being a young guy in this industry? Um, to a certain degree, yes. <laughs> um, it kind of means I've got more time to um, figure out where I'm going and kind of perfect that as best as I can. Um, but at the same time, you know, but there's always that thing of, oh, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's young, so they just kind of ignore you. But but, 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 but more to the point of like being able to communicate with the younger generation, I guess, yeah, that's where look, I'm going with this. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a no-brainer. That's, that's what I really, really want to and need to do um, because, I mean, what's the point of doing anything else? Like, what, am I just going to, you know, appeal to the older generation, make a bit of money and then run off to a hill somewhere? Like, I want to make a change and I, I want to be helping people to really realize in my, and my peers the people I grew up with the people I share all my memories with you know they're the people who I, I want to see on this journey and you know see with them with their kids happy and not be stressing about far out like where's the next dollar coming from to pay a house off that I'm not going to pay off till I'm freaking 80 years old I probably won't even be here but like it's this whole system is just yeah, it's not good and I want to see if I can make a change for the future and that's my generation. Yeah, yeah and you're going to be doing it all from the uh, uh, Northern Rivers and uh, <laughs> interesting part of the world up there, Beautiful. actually. Um, and the funny thing is that um, there are no bullion dealers between no. basically Sydney and uh, Brisbane and you're going to be able to fill up that, that niche market there. Mm. Um, and uh, people are going to be able to come in and, and talk to you about um, their strategy, their wealth strategy, and so yeah. on. So gold and silver, you were saying, uh, are a key part. You feel gold and silver is a key part of people's wealth portfolio. Mm. Um, one of the big questions I get on my channel is where do people put it? You know, this is another big one. You know, a lot of people ask, okay, well, you're telling me to buy gold and silver um, you know, what am I supposed to do with it? Like, where does it go? What do you do with it? What, what, what would you say? Like a young person comes in and you've changed their mindset, but now what are they going to do? Where, where do they go from here? Yeah, look, number one, I, I think that question is is very overstated in the industry. I think it, too, almost too much importance is put on it because in the same token, you can buy a house as an investment property, but what if it burns down, Tim? Like, what, what, what am I going to do if it burns down, you know? And there's so many different things and uh, that people ask about that, but... Look, I think that you you really need to, again, look at your own situation. Are you comfortable with holding it yourself or do you want to vault it? Um, because, I mean, those are probably the two main options. Um, the issue with vaulting that I find in terms of my own comfort is that 
if you don't hold it, you don't own it. And I think during lockdown, a lot of us saw that we actually couldn't get to our vaults um, in the in the city, in Melbourne especially. Um, a lot of them literally wouldn't even open or to get to it was just a hassle. So yeah, I think it's weighing those two options up. And it also really depends on where you are because if, you're, if you live in the inner city Melbourne suburbs, you can vault in the city. You're a 20-minute drive from your vault, right? But if you live in somewhere... Central Australia, Northern Rivers, wherever you are that's more remote. I mean, you could be three, four, five, six, a day trip away from your medals. So again, it really depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And um, so um, going into the future, um, you know, you obviously, uh, how do you see the future as for uh, for precious metals? Do you think, um, you know, as an investment, this is a solid investment for, for mums and dads? And the other question I've got is, you know, what about those mums and dads that don't have much to spend? You know, are they able to mm. get into precious metals? There's a lot of people out there who are doing it tough at the moment. Mm. We're watching, about to watch fuel prices double oh, thanks to gosh, uh, yeah. the deal with the Saudis and the Chinese. But... But, um, you know, how do people get into this? I mean, is it, is it, do you need to be a – you know, a lot of people seem to think you need to be a millionaire to go and buy gold bars. I mean, what, what's your view? Yeah, look, I think the cheapest – gold you can buy is about 120 bucks and the cheapest silver you can buy is about six dollars so <laughs> you definitely don't need to be a millionaire um and i think kind of taking that first step is what gives you the confidence to go hey i actually can do this and it is possible um so even just order something online spend you know a couple dollars to get something is a really good first step um but yeah look you, you don't need to be a millionaire and you know what even if you end up you know you spend as much effort as you can trying to save something that's real and in 20 years, you end up with a couple thousand dollars worth of gold and silver. If that's what you've done and you've put all your effort into it, good on you. Good, good on you because you've actually tried and, and you have something that is real, which a lot of people can't say. Um, so, yeah. And uh, what was the other question? I think you asked me, how real do you see gold and silver? Yeah, being? where do you see it going, you know? How, yeah, in the future. How, yeah, how do you see gold and silver performing going forward? Yeah, look, to be completely honest, I don't like touching on that too, too much because no one has a crystal ball. But when you look at history and you look at the way that things work, um, it's almost like a pendulum. It swings from um, assets, typically gold and silver, to something that you know is fake or created, fiat currencies, all that stuff, or they debase the um, coinage. Um, and we are on the precipice of the fake stuff coming down. And that means that the, the wealth in the system or the money or the fiat in the system has to go somewhere when it all comes down. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it always flows to precious metals. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, currency, currency, it's interesting, isn't it? It's almost like this reference to the ocean again, maritime mm. currency flows. It flows, it ebbs, it flows. Mm. It flows from debt to, de- uh, to commodities and back to debt, uh, which debt, I call it the debt system because that is the system. I mean, effectively, it's a central bank system and uh, the central bankers see debt as an asset. Uh, so and they love to make more debt for us. Our only <laughs> counter to it, as you know, is is to move away from that to um, commodities. There's also, of course, crypto assets as well. They're another d- uh, diversification beyond um, yeah. commodities. Um, but uh, as I said earlier, it's amazing to have such young eyes on such an incredible industry. The industry is effectively gold and silver. We've traded for six thousand years, mm. uh, and you mentioned er- uh, earlier that you know we had we lost that somewhere along the line, and we were given pieces of paper. 
Um, so, you know, going forward and looking to the future, do you see a bright future? What, what sort of future do you see? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't see a negative future. Um, I think that enough people are awake now and kind of have a clue in what's going on to form enough of a community in so many different areas to help the people around them who might not be doing so well. Um, And look, it's such a weird question because it's like, well, how far in the future are you talking about? Because at one point we're going to be back here where we are right now because as I just said, it's a, it's a pendulum. It always flows to and from. So it's like in 10 years' time, are we going to be okay? Maybe, maybe not. In 50, I'd probably say so. I think we'll be half decent. Um, in 250 years, I, I don't know. We might be back where we are right now. So yeah, look, I think... And it, it goes back to the point in what you, in what you say um, a lot at your talks, Tim, is that you, if you're doing it for you, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and I think looking at gold and silver and saying, oh, I want to make sure that I'm really wealthy you know, in the future is probably not the best idea, but going, I want to get something that is real so that I know that I can pass this down and it's always going to be okay. No matter what's going on in society, no matter what is happening, the people around me are going to be okay. I think that's a good that's way to look at it. That's a great point. And yeah, I'm big on that. And I'm glad you mentioned that because really in the end, when you buy precious metals, there is this kind of moment, uh, and we spoke about this, it's quite spiritual, but also mm. that you, you tend to buy them for the long term. Mm. You know, a lot of consumerism is very short term. A lot of consumerism yeah. is I'll buy a TV or I'll buy a car or, you know, I'll buy a loaf of bread. This is consumerism. But when you invest, it's this feeling that it's long term. So your, mm. your wealth, the precious metals that you're investing in, they are not necessarily for you. I mean, yeah. these might be for children you've never met yet or your grandchildren. And, and, and if you don't have children, maybe even your neighbor's children or somebody that's mm. going to benefit from your vision. Mm. Um, so, you're, you, you know, you're almost, you almost have to be a visionary to get into precious metals. It's, it's a long-term... I think everyone's a visionary, to be honest. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's almost just buried down deep inside of us because of, you know, the schooling system we go to and this and that. Um, but I feel like everyone... If they try hard enough, you, they've got a vision, and I think most of the time it's good. Yeah, so. I think people are fundamentally good. Uh, hum, humans are fundamentally good people. It's just there are two things I always say that separate people. One is knowledge, and the other is fear. Yeah, uh, and I believe those two things go hand in hand. And you've learnt a lot very young, and uh, this knowledge will serve you incredibly well. The other thing about the knowledge that you've got is it's going to serve others incredibly well. Yeah. And um, you seem to me to be a guy that wants to help others. Is, is, that, is that a fair assessment? No, it's not. A fair, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that wrong. Look, no, I, um, yeah, I, I grew up in a big wog family, as I like to say. Um, so, I don't know, having the feeling of people who you love around you, and a, a lot of them is something that I feel very at home with. Um, and whether that's family, friends, or just random people who I've made connections with, um, yeah, I, I feel at home there, and I, I don't see any other way other than to want to help them when I can. So, yeah, and it's funny enough because I, I come from a sales background, and um, the the most fun part for me is always yes, closing the sale is fun, but when you're actually sitting there and connecting with someone and helping them and servicing them, um, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I like that a lot. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and um, well, again, we're talking for, to uh, Cameron from Byron Bullion. He's one of the very, very young guys in the industry, just sharing his thoughts and um, ideas and experiences surrounding precious metals, which, of course, is something we tend to associate with sort of more mature investors, don't we? I mean, <laughs> you know, if somebody told you about gold and silver when you were at school, what, what would you have thought? Like, how would you have seen it? Bef- you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think back because I, it wasn't even a thought that really crossed my mind, so I... I don't know. I probably would have just thought, oh, yeah, I think it's worth a bit, but I don't really know anything about did, it. it. Did you think gold cool was and... like valuable? And did you sort of used to think, yeah, oh, I'll well, never you have see gold. it on the wrappers' chains, and you know, yeah, you get their car painted gold and it looks all fancy because it's gold and blah, blah, blah. But you know what's interesting though? I prefer silver. I love silver. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm a major, uh, I'm bullish on silver. And I mean, the other <laughs> thing about silver is that, um, you know, you get 85 times on the current ratio. 85 times as much per ounce uh, mm. against gold. So mm. why would you not love silver? Mm. All you need, you know, if we go back to 2021, gold moved by 25%. That was the increase in the asset. Um, silver moved by 20, uh, 27%. Mm. So you had 85 times as much moving by 27%. Yeah. It's like, well, that's the one I like. Yeah. It's also cheaper to buy. Uh-huh. Um, but that's due to, of course, something known as market manipulation. Yeah, it's interesting how they do that. But um, they yeah. keep it nicely suppressed, uh, and the central bankers have been doing that for a little while. And um, we've spoken about that on a number of occasions, and the reason they keep it suppressed, and so on. Um, so, um, so obviously, Byron Bullion is about to set sail, so to speak. Hopefully so. Um, you're going to be based uh, around the northern rivers and you're going to be available to help people from all over that region. Yeah. Um, how do people find you, Cam? I mean, like, what, 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 what is the best way to kind of locate uh, your business? Yeah, look, as of right now, I'm purely online. Um, like Tim said, I'm young, so I don't have a lot of, a lot of capital to um, get a business off the ground right away, especially one in bullion because it's quite expensive, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, look, I've got a website. It's byronbullion.com.au. Um, I'm still messing around with it. Like, there, there is an educational space on it. So if you go in there, you'll be able to find a couple articles and, and whatnot. Not that I've I've written um, with the historical side of things and kind of the basics of precious metals. You know, starting off investing is is definitely a tough thing um, in an industry like this. So I've got a bit of a walk there on you know just how to view things and what to do. Little little nuggets in there, um, but hopefully soon I'll have it up and running properly. Um, a few things with the coding type of stuff got to get figured out, but yeah, be there soon. And then up in up in um, Byron, I want to be in the local community and really working with people to see how I can help them on an individual level. So if you are from there, um, I should be there in the next five, six months. Um, so if you need some help, um, give us a call, um, send an inquiry through on the website and I'm happy to help. Yeah, so that was uh, byronbullion.com.au, is that yeah, correct? that's right. And uh, this is young Cameron, of course, a very heart-based guy, very community. And I feel, uh, well, and just on that, um, you know, do you feel that when you're in precious metals, you do become very community-based? Like, oh, you, big time. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you're, at the end of the day, when you're servicing a client and they're coming to you and, and saying, hey, I want to purchase this because I'm trying to make sure that my kids who are sitting at home right now have a future, I, I mean, how can you not like connect on a personal level and feel that from them in such a real way? So it's almost impossible to not become community-based when you're in this industry, but I feel like that's one of the best things about it, yeah. 
You know, the, uh, the North American Indians uh, believed that when you, um, you know, killed an animal, that you had to wear the skin to ab- adopt the spirit mm. of the animal. Mm. And it's the same with our monetary system. I feel like paper is so far removed from what yeah. we're meant to do. I think when you're with metals, you know, they make a metallic sound. They kind of sound like metal on metal. They have a specific feel and spirituality about them. And it's very similar to this North American Indian idea of you adopt the um, spirit of the animal. It's mm. almost like when you get into precious metals, you adopt the spirit of, the, yeah. of wealth, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I think in your second book, I'm pretty sure it was your second book, which is brilliant, by the way, Thank you. Um, you said something along the lines of when you actually physically hold the asset and the wealth behind the money in your hands, you're much less likely to spend it on silly stuff. Yeah, which I think is, yes. you know, it's people who struggle with spending on coffees and blah, blah, blah and whatever, when you actually have all of your, you know, your money sitting in front of you and it's not just, oh, it's because the government says it's money, but you can see that value right there and you can feel it because like you said, it's spiritual. Like you don't want to let go of that stuff. So Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, I think the chapter is called Trading with No Emotion and when you're yeah. using pieces of paper you have no connection to it. It's like exactly like the North American Indians were saying. When we go mm. buy pieces of steak off the shelf at Safeway, we don't know anything about the animal. They, yeah. they, they, had, no, they had no understanding of that. Mm. They, their understanding was... So, yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about, trading with no emotion. If, you, if you're holding the commodity or you're holding the metal or you're holding... Even with physical cash, it's better than digital. Mm. Physical cash is way better than digital. You won't give up physical cash very, very in a hurry, but you'll give up digits on a screen because there's yeah. no emotion. Big time, yeah. And this is where this is really the the point is getting back to a real wealth strategy, not not spending money. People say to me, "Oh, is this a get rich? Can we get rich with gold and silver?" Getting rich, yeah. Yeah. Well, getting rich is a consumer word. Uh, We don't get rich; we get we become wealthy and dynastically wealthy. That is uh, wealth across the generations. Um, So you're going to have children one day. Um, are you going to teach them about gold and silver? No, Tim. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're going to tell will. them to get fair. Yeah. <laughs> sneaky no, devil. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm still young, so a little bit away from having kids. But it is one of the things that I, I definitely want to do. Um, and I mean that ties into the whole wealth thing. I mean, like wealth isn't just about gold and silver. Even like wealth is about having the the loved ones around you. And yeah, I, I definitely want to. Have a have a good family, nice big one, um, and try and teach them as best as I can what I believe to be real and what I believe to be good. Um, you know, I don't want to control their mindsets and what they believe, but at least try and translate as much as what I've learned across to them. So definitely, yeah, wow. And again, uh, we're talking to Cameron from Byron Bullion. This is a young guy in the industry. I mean, to hear this sort of, you know, it's like an old soul in a young person's body. You know, you're like. Just uh, say so many amazing things. So um, we've talked about a few things today, and, and really the big point of today's podcast is to introduce you to the world as uh, you know Byron Bullion, and to, mm. to you know beat the reset's going to be doing a lot more with this channel with Byron Bullion because um, you're young, and again I keep stressing that, but it's so it's so unique. That's your real draw card. Um, would you come back on? Cam at some stage? Oh, look, depends if you buy me lunch or not. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy you lunch, mate. No, Mac- McDonald's, sure. two of cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, some good wealth right there. That's good, good wealth spent. <laughs> not yeah. on your health. So, all right. So, let's start to sort of bring this all to a close. What sort of um, words, advice, uh, knowledge, anything that you could share with the listeners 
um, that are listening to this now, mm. from, from your perspective, from what you've learned, well, you know, how, what sort of wise words would you like to, and I know I've thrown this just at you with no, um, no, no, no prior right. warning, but what sort of knowledge, information, advice, um, good words can you sort of share? Mm. Um you know, you talked before briefly about perspective, um, but it's actually a very, very big point. And unfortunately, um, our perspectives have been so heavily manipulated that we don't know what ways north, south, east, west, never a soggy wheat picks, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, and I think focusing on trying to get that as as straight as you can is probably a very, very good place to start and not just to start but to continually work on um, and even down to, you know, your health and what you're eating and stuff like that. Um, and then once you do that, going into situations and trying to feel them out, you know, really, really sit down and go, how do I feel about this? You know, what does this, you know, make me feel when I look at it and when I... Th- picture it in my future and with my family and my kids and you know I think gold and silver intrinsically fits right in with everyone's lives um, because it is something that is so real it's it's the basis for everything else um, and yeah and and kind of yeah just just try and feel with your gut I think we underestimate how well our guts work um, with determining what's good and what's bad so yeah try and trust that a bit more. Yeah, absolutely wonderful words, Cam, and a real gentleman too, uh, and uh, well <laughs> <Sometimes>. done. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure. And um, now, uh, if you haven't already uh, purchased my book, uh, Things Were Never Told About Money, that will get you a little bit of a start. Uh, Cam can assist you if you're from um, that region, but uh, that's a good place to start. Things Were Never Told About Money sets up a nice conversation. Mm. Um, I have a second book called The Great Asset Shift, which is uh, a little different, just talking about uh, 200 50 years of asset <laughs> removal. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. How did that happen? Our ancestors managed to successfully lose a lot and we were born largely with nothing. And, and Cameron uh, is here in, is, uh, with Byron Bullion to help you, or to, to prevent you from doing that again with your own children so that you give them some wealth mm. and pass that down mm. dynastically. And look, even if you just want to have a chat, give me, give me an inquiry. I'm happy to give you a call and see where you're at. You know, I'm not just in it because I want to make money. Um, yeah, want to help people. And also, the books, I've read them myself personally, brilliant. And if you're wondering, you know, what even is this industry? I don't even know where to start. They are very, very, very good places to start. So, yeah, oh, definitely grab Thank you grab so much. You're, very nice. Well, you'll definitely be coming uh, back. On the, back <laughs> I'm on. coming back now. You're coming yeah. back now, Cam. You've yeah. uh, gooned yourself a good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's it for me. Uh, uh, Cameron, I was going to say. Uh, the guy, Tim, the guy in the hat, of course, uh, signing off on another podcast. has been fabulous. It's our longest podcast on Spotify, this one. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned a lot about Cam and what he does. And I hope you reach out to him, especially from the Northern Rivers and uh, all that region. So that's it for me, the guy in the hat, uh, signing off once again. As I always say, look after your health, look after your wealth, look after your families, and of course, make good choices. Mm -hmm.